Welcome to Spectrum, the show that discusses news and topics that affect Southern Nevada and the surrounding communities. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome to the program. I am talking to three guests this morning. Later, from the United Way of Southern Nevada, I'll talk with Riley Casperson about this year's Day of Caring event. Then I'll welcome wonderful actress Jacqueline Bissett. But my first guest is Melissa Kaiser, who is the CEO of the Discovery Children's Museum. And they've got a special fundraising event coming up in October. Melissa, thank you for joining me on the program. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Jim. I know that you've been told this before, but your museum is just such a gem and right next to the Smith Center. Thank you so much. We are coming up on our 29th birthday on Monday, and we're so proud to be a part of the community and absolutely love love our facility in Symphony Park. I know that you made the move here from Pennsylvania, the Academy of uh, Fine Arts, I believe, and this was following your husband's move here. That's right. So uh, my husband is the new artistic director of Nevada Ballet Theater, I guess not so new anymore. Yeah. Um, I I came behind him um, about 16 months ago to take over the helm of the Discovery Museum, and um, you are correct. We came from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. When he came here, did you have any thoughts of any kind of a job here in Las Vegas? I mean, what was the plan at that point? Because you must have known you'd be apart for a few months at least. Sure. I, You know, I had spent my career in nonprofit management and fundraising, and so I, I knew that once we got a sense of the community that we'd find a a nice fit for me. I think it's um, a little harder to find artistic director positions. Um, There's only usually (laughs) one per city or region. So um, we took this leap very consciously together. And, you know, as as Karma had it, this um, opening at Discovery happened the month that my husband moved here. And it was just a matter of six months before I came along to join him. Isn't that great how that works out sometimes? Yeah, I mean, we really had no idea, um, you know, what what the timing would look like or, or how it would feel. But I was anxious to get to Las Vegas, and, and I do believe we were meant to come here. And we've, you know, absolutely adopted this community as our home. Now, I've been here for quite a while, and I remember what it was like to move here. I moved here from the Midwest. Was there any kind of culture shock coming from from that part of the country and moving here? I think the biggest shock has been just how open and embracing and how much less political tape there is to, to move through to get things done. Um, for us, there was a just can-do attitude about this town, uh, optimism, um, and and just an embrace. So, you know, for us, it was really uh, we we both just breathed a sigh of relief and and um, said we're here. This is this is where we belong. And uh, but you know, no, not a not a shock in any kind of um, lacking way, but more of a. a surprise for for just how much possibility there was here. Melissa Kaiser, the CEO of the Discovery Children's Museum, joins me. I know that you've joked about this, that a magazine named you and your husband Southern Nevada's new power couple. You know, it's um, not that unusual of a a moniker. Um, We're, you know, having two leaders of the arts and culture in our household, we've we've, um, been called, you know, power couples of the arts and, and um, yeah. 
you know, we, we're very well suited as a you know, husband and wife, but also as uh, cultural leaders. So, um, so we're proud that 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 uh, prepped up here as well. But again, you know, it's a it's a collaborative community, and we're just happy to be be power couple players in the midst of all the great leaders in town. Were you prepared for how huge and what a state of the art facility the Discovery Children's Museum is? You know, I think that we are just a hidden treasure nationally. Um, so the answer is no. I, yeah. you know, As I mentioned, I grew up in the museum world in Philadelphia, which has one of the first children's museums in the country and, and had known the leaders of, of that great institution. And um, you know, but, but in comparing um, what we have here to museums around the country, we're really one of the biggest, well, most well-maintained, the most cutting-edge and exciting children's museums that I've had the chance to visit since I've become CEO. How did you get involved in fundraising in the first place, and what does that entail with the, the museum you're at now? Well, fundraising is a prerequisite for any cultural leader. Um, I started my career in fundraising and fell into it um, in a museum um, setting because I knew as an art historian that I wanted to be in a cultural environment and just found out, you know, this is a necessity for for how nonprofits grow and thrive. Um, it's very mission-driven and it translates to um, any community's need to grow and change and evolve and have have those pieces in their society, um, you know, whether it's art, culture, or social services. So so like many of my peers, uh, fell right into it and then just loved it. And it's a year-round thing, isn't it, to get uh, those donations going? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of fundraising efforts tend to center around fundraising events, but finding foundation grants and major gifts and annual giving, membership, everything that we're doing is 365 days a year. And, um, you know, we, we are so lucky to have a wonderful corporate and individual philanthropic community right here in Las Vegas. Melissa Kaiser from the Discovery Children's Museum is with me, and uh, your annual signature fundraising event, The Magic of Discovery, is taking place Saturday, October 12th. Tell me about that. Absolutely. It's right around the corner, it feels like, yeah. um, since we're we're working really hard um, this year to, to bring this event in-house. Um, we decided to show off this amazing facility that we've been in for six years. Um, this is our... 29th um, anniversary, and um, so we've been putting on this event for a long time, but this is really the first time we're taking it in-house, and therefore we're calling it a homecoming celebration. Um, welcome home to all of the, the leaders, our chairman's advisory council that helped us found this museum almost 30 years ago, and we're just so proud to, to show off this facility, which Others can rent, which is a great venue for those who possibly haven't been in since their children have grown up out of the house to get them back in the building. Yeah, and the Discovery Museum, you've partnered with the Clark County School District so many times to underwrite field trips. Is that right? Yes. So we've a great partner in the community has been the Clark County School District, and we bring in children from all grades, but 
primarily focused with their partnership on bringing Title I school children to the museum. So we have thousands of school children coming to the museum from all grades. We also have a fantastic partnership with the Raiders who have underwritten the buses and chaperone costs um, and, and background checks for those chaperones so that we can make this a fully funded experience for the Title I schools. It's wonderful because CCSD is always, as we know, as we all know, they're always dealing with major budget problems, aren't they? You know, it's a, really a challenge to be the fifth largest school district in the country. Um, yep. We, yep. you know, have a, a, an infrastructure in this town that grew so rapidly with all of the construction and influx of families um, that it's, you know, it, it came up overnight. So really when we can make these kinds of partnerships um, work, those pieces of the puzzle to come together, it really is a win-win um, for the children. One of the other great things you do too, I, I think, is the, your Discovery on Wheels program. It's so such a great outreach outlet, isn't it? You know, it's amazing that this program has been in the community for over 25 years, and we had an individual donor who was the first to come to the table with this uh, support for this project, and we bring our van and our educators to the classroom, so it makes it so easy for teachers. They don't have to plan out, you know, what the curriculum is going to be for the day. We bring in the health sciences, the age-appropriate materials and projects for, for K through 5 students, and we're hoping to expand that to pre-K. And who are the people who go out on the road with it? Are these uh, college intern types? No, these are uh, college graduates. So we have um, all of our staff are education specialists. They've got degrees in history, art, science, archaeology, you name it, um, and they are trained educators that take our programs into the classrooms, as well as those who are on the floor here interacting with our, our guests every day. I think it's what makes Discovery a little more special than other children's museums. It's really the level of engagement that our staff is able to facilitate with children and their caregivers. It's a wonderful place to visit, and the Magic of Discovery fundraising event takes place October 12th from 6 till 10 p.m. at the museum. If people need more information, where do they go, Melissa? They should come right to our website at discoverykidslv.org. There is a information right on the homepage, and tickets are still on sale. CEO Melissa Kaiser at the Discovery Children's Museum. It's so great to talk to you, and, and good luck with this latest fundraising event. Thank you so much, Jim. It's great to connect today. My next guest is Riley Casperson, who is the Marketing and Communications Specialist with United Way of Southern Nevada as they prepare for their annual Day of Caring. Yes, um, it's a very exciting time, so we're just really excited to get going on Day of Caring. Welcome to the program. It's hard to believe that Day of Caring is already coming up. It seems like I was just talking about this a while ago. Yes, we're very excited. It's coming up on October 4th. Um, it's going to be our fourth year of doing it, so we're really excited. Fill us in on, on what goes on and, and how big this has gotten. So Day of Caring is an opportunity for nonprofits, schools, community organizations across the community to complete projects and make a difference in the community. So these are projects that might not get done otherwise um, because of manpower issues. 
so this is really a day for volunteers to come together and support our community. Um, we first started, we I believe we had about 30 agencies, and we have grown way beyond that. We are expecting a 1,000 volunteers this year, so it's an incredible time to be involved. Yeah, I think for people who don't know that much about United Way, they think, well, it's it's one entity, but you guys have so many different projects going on from all over town. Yes, and we've got so many organizations involved. They're doing everything from planting school playgrounds and planting school gardens and um, painting classrooms to landscaping, building furniture, putting together kits, um, food kits, hygiene kits, cleaning up parks and schools. And there is something in every corner of town, Henderson, Summerlin, Boulder City, whatever you're, wherever you're interested in going, we have a project there. Tell me about Project DOT, because that sounds pretty interesting, and, and who created that? Yes, so Project DOT is an amazing example of students really showing their support for the community. Project DOT was founded by two local high school students who heard that homeless women are not able to access the feminine hygiene products that they need so they came up with the idea to create a nonprofit that provides those hygiene kits. And this year, they're participating in their Day of Caring, and they're having volunteers come together to pack 500 feminine hygiene kits for homeless women in our community. You know, and, and Project Dot, the idea is interesting because feminine hygiene products, it's not necessarily something that is top of mind when you think of uh, donations and how that is concerned, but it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and volunteers that participate in that project, we're inviting them to bring supplies that they've purchased and really make sure that um, they're getting that these women are getting the support that they need. When will the Project Dot part of this take place? So that's one of our projects. That one is going to run from 3 to 5 o'clock. It's, re- it's really filling up fast. People love it. So if you're interested, sign up today. Does it amaze you like it does me sometimes how selfless high school kids can be in doing things like this? Because in my day, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily like that. Yes, and it's incredible. I've actually spoken to some of the schools that are involved. And these these schools, these are students that are planning these projects. They're putting together how do they think volunteers can help beautify their school during Day of Caring, and they're planning that, they're coordinating the project, and they're really running the project. Day of Caring is, I believe it's your largest one-day volunteer event across Southern Nevada? Yes, it is. A thousand volunteers in one day. We're really excited about it. The event kicks off, I believe, in the morning at Town Square? Yes, at 8.30 in the morning, we will be hosting our Day of Caring kickoff. It's really kicking off the excitement of the day with a breakfast celebration. We'll have tons of speakers involved who are going to energize volunteers, um, get the blood pumping and ready for a day of giving back. Um, We're going to have selfie stations, a free breakfast. We'll have a little yoga workout to get energy going and really gather all the volunteers together to make a difference. Riley Casperson joins me from United Way of Southern Nevada. And who are some of the partners who will be involved in this? So we've got some amazing corporate partners involved. We've got Wells Fargo, Caesars Entertainment, Chase Bank, and then we have some incredible nonprofits involved. So as we talked about, we have Project Dot. We've got different schools from CCSD and CCSD involved. We've got St. Jude's Ranch for Children. Um, really, a lot of nonprofits in the community come together for just this one day. It's not too late, is it, to become a sponsor or a volunteer? It is not. You can sign up today at our website, uwsn.org slash caring. Um, We're accepting sponsors. We're accepting tons of volunteers. But our projects are filling up fast. 
So recommend going on and signing up to volunteer today. And isn't it great to see some of the kids, the younger ones involved in, in like suddenly the light bulb turns on and, and they're learning these life lessons? Yes. And that's a great thing about Day of Caring, too. We've got projects for all ages. If you're a parent and you want to bring your kid and show them how how these days really make a difference for nonprofits in our community, it's we've got projects for all ages involved. So many of these kids that you have helped at schools getting scholarships and, and things like that, I, I think it's great that in many cases they come back to the community and they help out themselves. Yes. So as part of our Cradle to Career agenda at United Way of Southern Nevada, we're helping students from all the way from early education up to college and then helping their families as well with work, workforce support. So one of our programs is actually encouraging students to come back and be leaders in the community after they've graduated college. So it's really inspiring to be able to unite our community to improve people's lives. Would that be the Leaders in Training, the LIT program? Yes, the Leaders in Training program has participated in Day of Caring every year. Um, It really is encouraging students to become the first person in their family to go to college. And last year during Day of Caring, we were actually able to help support those students by creating college survival kits. Um, So when they were heading off to college, they were able to take some pieces of home with them and some inspiring words from volunteers who put together the kits. People want to find out more, I'm sure, the volunteers and the sponsors. Where should they go? On our website, we have a great page with all of the information about Day of Caring. That's uwsn.org, uwsn for United Way of Southern Nevada. It's right on the front page. You can see it there, or you can visit the direct page at uwsn.org slash caring. Day of Caring again takes place October 4th. It kicks off at Town Square that morning. And thanks to all who help out, and especially my guest this morning, Riley Casperson from United Way of Southern Nevada. Thank you so much, Jim. Well, I'm pretty sure that I first became aware of Jacqueline Bissett when she co-starred in the film Bullet with Steve McQueen, who was probably the most famous actor on the planet at that time. She had been in a few films before that with small parts like Casino Royale with Peter Sellers and an early Roman Polanski film called Cul-de-Sac. She would go on to do such films as Murder on the Orient Express, Airport, and yes, The Deep. Well, now she is in this great-sounding film opposite Ben Kingsley. Please welcome to the show, Jacqueline Bissett. Hello, Jim. Jacqueline, how are you today? I'm very, very good. Thank you for joining me, and congratulations on your new film, Backstabbing for Beginners, based on a true story, yes? Based on a book, yes, on a true story. Um, A story that took place uh, during the time of Saddam Hussein. Yeah. It's in our film is, is based in Baghdad. I play the head of the Baghdad office of the UN and, um, oh my God, I'm having an absolute blank, my other star. Um, oh, Ben Kingsley and Theo ben James. Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, <laughs> head of the UN office in New York, and we are in opposition. Um, it's about the oil for food program that existed around 2005, I think it is. And it's a sort of a, a very, quite complex story. Uh, um, it's a thriller. It's I play a very tough woman who's up in opposition to Ben Kingsley. And um, I was fascinated by this story because I mean, to actually be in the idea, to have the, the idea of being in a milieu where Saddam Hussein was around the corner was absolutely frightening to me and absolutely um, interesting. We, we shot it in, in Morocco 
in uh, Casablanca, which is also a very interesting place to be. Yeah. And um, I, I, I wanted to do it for, for, for those reasons, because I'm very, very interested in what is going on in the Middle East. And the kind of drama around all the characters, and there's a lot of intrigue, and it's extremely... Um, the film is very informed with what happened at that time. Is is tremendous corruption that was going on. For you, at this point in your career, is it, you speak of someone like Ben Kingsley, who's great, is it the actors you're playing with, the director, the script, that draws you in on a project? Well, it's a kind of combination, you know, and sometimes they co- coincide with a moment when you're not, you don't have anything planned, and the combination of things, you say, that sounds interesting. You know, I don't want to waste my time. I like to learn. I'm very interested in learning stuff. And I like being in interesting places, and I certainly wanted to work with Ben Kingsley, especially that we were in opposition to each other. But I wondered what that would be like. Very tough person. And uh, he has tremendous personality, you know. He's, he's certainly knows what he's doing. I mean, to the second. And, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. So, um, it's complex. It's complex why one goes to work, you know. It's not, when you begin in the business, Everything is new and everything is exciting and everything. And then at a certain point, you really, you don't want to repeat yourself. I think most actors feel that way. You don't want to repeat yourself because you find it it's less interesting. And you also, you are, if people are fans, you don't want to bore them with doing the same old thing. So uh, normally speaking, there's a degree of um, rep- repetition in the idea of being any kind of a star. It tends to mean that you're going to be having to repeat yourself because people like your personality based on a few projects that they've they liked a lot. So that's the catch. It's difficult to stay free and uh, be an independent actor. And uh, my, my feeling is that I don't want to be cornered in an image. I believe one of your first really interesting films, this is going back a few years, was Roman Polanski's Cul-de-sac. Yes, that was a very interesting, but that was a complete beginner at that point. I knew nothing. Was that the type of thing, though, where you thought, hey, this is a profession, I, I think I'll give this a go, because it was such an interesting project? Well, I just, I'm so intrigued to be, uh, I had to, to um, audition twice, uh, and initially, Roman was planning on using an unknown girl for the main part. I went to see them, and, um, and he was casting with David Bailey, the famous photographer. <laughs> he said to me when I walked in, you have to lose weight. And I thought, oh, the, at the beginning, it was such a, a bummer to hear that. And the first time I walked in, <laughs> right. so they put me on the diet, and they tested me, and then they tested me again. And I got this small part, which was tremendous relief, because quite honestly, I couldn't possibly have done the the main female part. And French actress Françoise Dorliac, who's Catherine Deneuve's sister, uh, got the main part. And God, she was wonderful and intriguing. And I, I was a child. I really didn't know anything about life and, and I couldn't have done it. I would have messed up. So I'm actually rather grateful I didn't get that part. Start on the wrong foot. You know, you only get to be a virgin once. <laughs> it's important, <laughs> the first one. Just a few years later, you work on the film Bullet with Steve McQueen, and I believe this was his first co-producing spot for him. You played his girlfriend. Did you, did you really spend much time with him on the set? No, I didn't spend that much time, but I spent quite a lot of time in San Francisco because the director, Peter Yates, asked me, he said, I want you to come up to San Francisco and learn to be a person from San Francisco. Well, I hadn't the faintest idea what that meant, really. And he said, no, I want you to you take an apartment and I want to feel that you live there and that you're, you're local so that you're relaxed. Well, I'd, I'd go up there and wait to shoot and, and then nothing would happen. And I would, I would have lunch with uh, the director and the producer and Steve quite often, just that kept me, you know, sort of 
alive to the project because I wasn't shooting very much. And then I'd go back to L.A. and say, this is never going to happen. I was miserable trying to be a person from San Francisco. I didn't know how to use that time as an actor. I hadn't learned how to, to do the subtext work, you know. I hadn't learned. I was, I was once again, I was very young and, and um, inexperienced. But it all turned out okay. But we had we went to all kinds of restaurants, and you know Steve was a was a very very big star at that time. He would arrive on his motorcycle, and then he would disappear on his motorcycle, and the crowds would try and reach him. But he was like a sort of um, uh, cat. He was like a sort of he would scamper <laughs> off down the streets too, and he 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 would always want to have his back to. Where the where the crowd were in terms of a restaurant, we would always be in, they'd take a table to the private private dining room, and we would be. But he was he didn't behave at all like I imagined the star would be. And I suppose people still ask you more about the Mustang than they do even Steve McQueen, which is amazing, isn't it? Well, you know, it's the fiftieth anniversary, right? My God, there's a lot of there's a mass of things for bullet, 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 bullet. I have to say, I really enjoyed you on Nip Tuck, which was one of Ryan Murphy's first efforts. Yeah, uh, there good. were well, I enjoyed that too. There seemed to be a lot more opportunities to do quality material on television these days, don't you think? Well, that's certainly watching a lot of television these days. I would say there is a, certainly uh, some wonderful stuff. Uh, there is, but you know, I think people forget that. They, they sit and watch a, a series, maybe of its 20, 30 episodes, and they forget that there are three years of work. For yes, that right. Is actually, and they absorb it. I mean, the, the absorption, I'm, I'm catching up at this moment with old series that I never had a chance to see, and I, I represent some of them, sort of seven years of work, and you're seeing it in maybe two, in a 10-day period. And it, it's, you know, it's so intense what people, what actors go through to do those series. So yes, it's it's. I think it's fantastic if the work is great, but it's not a one, two, three. You know, you've got it's a real commitment. I found it fascinating. I read this about you that when you were a little girl, you used to improvise different characters for your mom, including well, I had an, two characters. I had two characters. An Italian named Claudia, right? We took my character and put it into a film I did with Dennis Hopper. I said, "Can I use this?" I had them. I told the director because she said, "I want you to put your character together and you choose the, what you're going to do in it in this in this role." And I said, "Well, could I play this person?" I sometimes do. And she said, "Well, we can investigate that." And and um, then the other character was was sort of a Cockney character, you know, talking very rough and and funny. And um, <laughs> it used to make my father really laugh. <laughs> and I adored doing those characters. And sometimes, funnily enough, um, I did another film called uh, Asha, in which I was able to take part of that character, the, the sort of uh, working class lady. But in the in the film Asha, I'm playing a, a woman, uh, an old lady who's got dementia and who's really mean. <laughs> Mean and, and pathetic, but it's really a w- wonderful small part, and I'm very excited to see it. Well, we're excited to see Backstabbing for Beginners. It sounds really intriguing, starring Jacqueline and also uh, Ben Kingsley and Theo James. Just a pleasure talking to you, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. We actually had time to cover a few things. Yes, g- good luck with everything. Great talking Thank to you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks once again to Jacqueline Bissett, Riley Casperson from United Way of Southern Nevada, and Melissa Kaiser of the Discovery Children's Museum. And thank you for listening this morning. I do hope to see you next Sunday at 7.30. Spectrum is hosted, written, and produced by Jim Tofty. If you have suggestions on future guests or topics, please send them to spectrum at smiradio.com. Thank you.